0: I probably had the visceral reaction that I did is because I'm normally judged. I'm normally judged by my my food choices. I live in a predominantly low-income Black area where the food choices are not the best. And so for me to be plant-based or for me to be vegan or whatever you want to call it is startling for a lot of people. And so, it, it, it and it normally comes from a place of judgment. And I'm, I guess I'm tired of it, um, which is why I, you know, did the whole neck roll. such <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> 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 didn't see it, but it was epic. Yes, <laughs> and- Welcome
1: to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous
2: Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by... April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer.
0: Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur.
3: Lisa Carter... Founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer.
4: Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan.
1: Today, we are exploring the topic of when you get to claim that you belong to a specific group. And by that, I mean, when you get to say that you're plant-based. Do you have to have a percentage of your foods that you consume be all plants before you're I won't say legally allowed, but that you'll be allowed to say that you're plant based.
2: But mm-hmm. you guys highly subjective.
4: I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I've been I've always called myself plant based because of the majority of my uh, my meals or the content of my food has always been more plants. So the base of it is uh, plants or are plants. And so, I mean, it. it varies from meal to meal. And sometimes it's more carbs or, or less plants, but still the majority of my, my, the consumption is, 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 Can is you give plant, us a little bit more plants.
2: context though, Jen, like, why is that a, an important question for us to explore in terms of like, what, what would it change if we knew if there was a line in the sand, so to speak?
1: Well, I had a coworker that I was talking to and he asked me what I was doing this weekend. And I said, Oh, we're recording a podcast episode. And He's like, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. So I send him the link, and we start talking about it. And and when he writes back, he says he compliments me, and then he says, but you're not vegan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I didn't that. ask him what episode he listened to. I didn't. I, I didn't even go there because I think part of the reason that I don't I don't often even talk about the jealous vegan. Well, besides the fact that I don't necessarily want my my day job to know I've got a side hustle, but also because I think I I struggle to identify with being plant based when I go to company events and sometimes I don't eat plants. Or for whatever reason, I'm just sometimes struck by like, am I allowed to say I'm plant-based? Like, am, am I am I in the club or am I outside the club looking in? That's really? part of the reason I was thinking about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like a fraud care sometimes. Less. I could care less what people think about my classification i will say that i'm plant-based all day and sit next to you and eat <laughs> a burger <laughs> <laughs> i could care less why yeah yes you're right i'm not vegan correct <laughs> what's what, what where where, do, where are we going with this what's the next sentence like i i mean why like i like i'm like you april why does this matter i mean as long as you know what you eat and I feel I feel the same way as Lawrence, like the majority of my diet is plants. It's based on plants. So I know what I do. I know what I eat. That's why I say that I'm this. But as far as other people looking into my diet, it's not not your concern. I wish the audience could
3: see
2: her face.
4: Yes. I the audience. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> say something.
0: Say
2: something. But. I I I love it. (laughs) I think it speaks to, uh, I'm going to hop in here real fast. It speaks to Jen. You just talked in a previous episode about how externally driven you are by the other people's perception. I call it OPP, okay? Other people's perception or other other people's uh, OPP. Y'all remember that. Yeah, you know me. me. Other people's perception, (laughs) right? Um, (laughs) You mentioned how externally driven you are. And Jendi, I know you and I are similar. And Lisa too, like we, Lawrence, I won't speak for you. Y'all let you Chime in here, but like we are very much so. I don't care, and you want to talk to me about it? (laughs) Bring it over here, right? Because we just don't care, but but I do think it speaks to personality type, which we've talked about in a previous episode. There's some people do care about other people's perception, and it can be paralyzing. So I I think it's good, Jen, that you're having this dialogue with yourself and wondering. Because I, for me, it's like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't have to explain, I don't have to justify my choices to you. And I don't actually need you to agree. Thanks.
4: (laughs) Well, I look at it from a different aspect. I look at it when people ask me, I don't feel as though I have to justify it. And maybe this is speaks to more of my personality. I like to explain why I feel as though I'm plant-based and give you reasons and explain, but I don't feel as though I have to justify it. So I guess it depends on, like you said, your personality and I feel like I can teach, um, similar to what Jindy has done. Um, you you can teach people just by explaining what your ideal of. I, I think it's your
2: tolerance was. level, too. Right. For judgment.
4: Yeah. Clearly, based upon your response. Yeah, yeah. Can you tolerate other people? <laughs> I'm more right? tolerable. Can you tolerate
2: someone else looking at you like, but you're not vegan? Well, if you listen to the podcast, then, you know. None of us are. I could judge you right back. You didn't (laughs) listen. Right. But that's heavy handed. Right. right. (laughs) That's real heavy handed.
4: But again, to me, it's an opportunity to teach, to 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 elaborate and to explain why. I don't I don't quickly jump to that, that I have to that I'm being judged, I guess.
3: But here's the thing. It is a great opportunity to teach for people who really want to learn. But some people just want to be in your business, which is totally different. You if really if you're if you if I'm telling you that I'm plant based, if you're really wanting to explore, then your first question is going to be a judgment question or your first statement is yeah. not going to be a judgment statement. That's like, oh, but I saw you eat something else or be like, oh, plant based. What does that mean? Tell me more about that. Those are the people who want to learn. The other people just want to kind of have a reason to.
4: OK, well, you we'll know, take
3: it. yeah. So so like for me. I use the word plant-based or vegan sometimes and no, I'm not vegan, but it really depends on who I'm talking to and like what I'm trying to convey, you know? So if I'm talking to somebody about, you know, my eating habits or whatever, I'll say, oh yeah, I'm plant-based. Or if I'm talking about the fact that I don't eat dairy, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm vegan in the sense that like, you know, I don't eat like those type of things. It just depends. And I use all of the language interchangeably, Because I feel like, yeah, if you want to know more about everything that goes into my mouth, then you will ask me about it. (laughs) Because in the context of of the conversation that we're having, you just want a general idea of my belief system around food or how I eat, you know, as an outline. Right. That's at least my take when I'm using those words or putting myself in categories.
2: I judge Lisa all the time. I'm like, Lena, how you how you how you got a podcast and you? I just saw what you put on Instagram. Or well, I just saw what you. Um, but she knows she don't care. She she doesn't care. She's like, uh, yeah, here's what I'm doing today. I really needed. I really needed this or that. That's not plant based. Sorry. It really speaks to like Jen. You talked about this a lot with me because you try to explain to me why I need to explain and and why it's important to explain. You're just like people are looking to categorize because we need to. Under, we're looking for understanding. And for people who really are looking for understanding, they're going to be curious. They're not going to be judging. They're going to, I don't understand. Well, how does this work? Oh, so you can be plant-based and you can still have a burger? Tell me about that. Versus, but you're not a vegan. How How, how is vegan in your type? Right? So I, I have a visceral reaction to, why are you so quick to put me in a box? Like... You, just because I'm black, do you think you know me? You understand who I am as a woman, as a black woman? You don't. In fact, my <laughs> face is my mask. And I tell people this all the time. You might see me and if you got a, a box for which you think you understand a person that looks like me, you are dead wrong. Because there's so many things about me that don't fit into your box. I promise you. So- cool. My face will be my mask. You're going to totally get it wrong. And I'm not going to disabuse you of any unpleasant notions unless you ask me from a place of curiosity. Otherwise, I don't care. I really don't.
0: The reason why I probably had the visceral reaction that I did is because I'm normally judged. I'm normally judged by my my food choices I live in a predominantly low income black area where the food choices are not the best. And so for me to be plant-based or for me to be vegan or whatever you want to call it is startling for a lot of people. And so it, it, it and it normally comes from a place of judgment. And I'm I guess I'm tired of it, um, which is why I, you know, did the whole neck roll. <laughs>
1: I think that that happens a lot where we are looking to identify someone, but it's it's interesting to me how we take this line in the sand to some things and not to others. So let me give you guys a series of examples. If I said that I was a non-smoker, but you saw me smoking a cigarette, what would you think if I told you that I that I'm not that I don't drink alcohol, but then you see me have a glass of wine at the bar. Right. And so I think that we have these very like dramatic places where we say it is it is a binary world. You were either on or off. You do or you do not. And so in in terms of eating habits, you know, we look to classify people as, you know, vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian or whatever. And if they fall outside of that, even just one time, we're like quick to say, see, you're not the thing you said you were. What's interesting, though, is that for people who are omnivores um, or carnivores, We don't get upset if they eat broccoli. We're not like, oh, you're eating broccoli. That's a plant. (laughs) We just accept that, oh, of course, you're going to eat that sometimes because that's part of a balanced diet. But when someone's on the other side making the changes outside of the norm, we tend to want to come down really hard on them for what we consider like a failure to live up to whatever the standard is that they say they've set, that they've set for themselves.
0: But isn't that the beauty of the word or the phrase or plant based? I agree. I agree.
4: Absolutely. 100 percent
0: that's what i
3: was gonna say people don't understand or they don't they don't slow down and think about those two words like i'm a plant-based eater meaning that the base of my diet is plants but can include anything else that's edible (laughs) like (laughs) could be anything else (laughs) but the base of my diet is plants and and yeah people don't don't stop and think about the words that you're saying, because they are so quick to want to put you like in a category. But I will say even what you said about smoking and drinking is sometimes contextual, too, because it depends on. I remember when I used to uh, like work at a restaurant, everybody would be like, oh, I don't smoke only like on Friday or Saturday. But I'm a non-smoker. <laughs> and I just I just came to see that as like, oh, is that like a thing? OK, you, you so you're like a part time smoker. OK, well, whatever, you know. And again, if I approach it from the place of like tell so t- tell me about that. You would consider yourself still a non-smoker. And then a lot of people have reasons behind it. They're like, "Yeah, I don't smoke enough to have whatever sort of health problems come with smoking. I don't have um any like addiction. Yeah, they're, they're like I don't smoke enough to have an addiction and whatever else." So they had reasons why they considered themselves non-smokers even though they were um social or social drinkers.
2: Can I piggyback on that? Cause I think you brought up a really point, a really good point that triggered my brain. I remember I used to work with a woman who, um, she was talking about smoking. She said, I don't smoke for obvious reasons, health. (laughs) Um, And all of the stuff that comes with this, she said, but I just, I used to, and she said, I just find it to be a really enjoyable habit. So what I do is I allow myself one cigarette on Sundays she's like i go on a balcony and i have my cigarette and that's like my pleasure for the week like i i once a week right an audience i have no one on this team is advocating for smoking please do not let me put that in there no one in here smokes no one's advocating for smoking We're like real non-smokers yeah,
1: um, yeah. Real non-smoker, <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100% non-smokers
2: 100% the only reason i bring it up is because there was some nuance for her right and she was able to be really conscious about her choice even one cigarette is bad for you. Right. And maybe someone in here listening will argue with that. Right. But one cigarette a week is still bad. We know what it does to the body. We know what it puts toxins in. She was really conscious, though, like for the pleasure of it, I'm willing to take the risk. And she was conscious. A lot of people are not conscious about their choices. They're going to eat what's handed to them. They're going to eat at the fast food restaurant. They're going to smoke the cigarette because that's what all their peers do. They're going to drink because they're, that's, that's that's what they consider to be fun at a bar with their friends. And they're not really watching how much or what or the quality or anything. They're just going with the flow. And I think one thing that may, sometimes is hard to adapt to with plant-based is that it's, it is highly contextual and it is highly individualistic. And it, it, it is the designer way of eating in the sense that plant-based allows you the opportunity to be really conscious about the choice you're making. Whereas vegan, you can you can say something's vegan. You can slap a label on it. You can be like, okay, I eat all the vegan stuff that includes french fries. That includes anything in the frozen food section. That includes all the stuff that actually might have a lot of bad stuff in it. But it's vegan because it doesn't come from any animal sources. But it's not good for you. You can do that unconsciously.
4: Well said. I love it.
2: I would say, can you can you go back to that person and tell them to watch episode one? Who is what is a jealous vegan? Because then (laughs) I think that might clarify. I mean, I just okay. Sorry, Lawrence, go ahead. (laughs)
4: <laughs> no, no, that was pretty much, I just, I love the way you explained, again, to Lisa's point, we're used to putting people in categories as far as race. You you claim, are you black? No, multicultural, but you're really black, though, because you look black. So the same with food. Unfortunately, we do live in a period where vegan is the fad and, to speak to what you were saying, April, I find that so many people are eating so many, and again, I'm not judging anyone, either eating these these processed meats or these uh, mock meats in replace of other meat or dairies, dairy products rather, and they're just as unhealthy as, or they're full of fat. And don't get me wrong, everyone on this team, we, we do a little bit of both, and some of us eat. Meat, or I should say uh, beef and and, and pork and things of that nature. Just, I agree with you both or everyone, um, just the labels, it's it's stressful. And being plant-based in my opinion is so much easier and it makes sense to me. So it's more relaxing.
1: The thing that I didn't say to the coworker, and I guess this went to not wanting to have to explain my choices, but a lot of times at the events that our company will have, there aren't great plant-based options. Or they'll say, oh, we've got this vegetarian stuff, but it has, of course, cheese in it. But I, and I have a dairy allergy. And so I might elect not to have the vegetarian meal, but instead have the fish and two other vegetables, right? And to him, he's like, well, you're not a vegan. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's more complicated than that because we're at a a company event where they've already pre-selected the menu. And here are the only options that are available to me. And so... I'm not going to eat this thing that I know I'm allergic to. um, So I'm going to go ahead and have something else that, you know, maybe I wouldn't choose if I had more options available to me. But this is what I got. So this is what I'm going with. Other occasions. Right. We'll go to these larger events that are at steakhouses. And I mean, I think I've admitted to you guys before. There's this really great place where we take clients And I have ordered the $56 ribeye on the company. And I was very happy to eat it. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't do this ordinarily, but I'm here. And well, I won't say what it is, but (laughs) somebody else is paying for it. So (laughs) I won't won't tell you the the code word that I use to describe my company, but um, (laughs) somebody else is paying for
3: it. I find that I use the term vegan actually when dining out the most because it gives people context. So if I want to know, Anything that's non-dairy on the menu, I'll say I'm vegan and people automatically are like, got it. Nothing with milk, nothing with cheese versus if I say plant based and now you got this whole spiel. So, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier about like, you know, you pick your words based on like how people can can understand it. I was going to say, too, that we had just a podcast recently with uh, Dr. Day and she talked about that. She talked about how she's vegan at home. But when she's out or she's traveling or whatever, she's not because it's just difficult to. I found April and I have found the only place where it's easy to be vegan is California. You can get everything vegan, plant based all day. It's great. It's delicious. Yes. But outside of California, it's a struggle. And so I think that's why with with the diet the terminology is not as black and white as in other things because you have to be a little bit more flexible and especially when you're talking about eating balanced meals and balanced, you know, things you might, you know, switch one thing for the other depending on the situation. So
2: yeah, I mean if you had to be vegan in Cameroon, you probably would have starved. I, died. I mean Right there in Cameroon. Can I also say that
1: um, I, I do want to give a shout out to California, but I also want to say that the best vegan restaurant I've ever been to is in Barcelona. Depending on where you are in the world, it might be easier to be vegan than it is in certain places in the United States or plant-based even. But you just made my point, Lisa, back to April when she was saying that I'm all she's. we're always having this disagreement about, well, why do you have to label things? And it's because your brain needs an easy way to classify something. So you need to go to the, really the lowest common denominator. And sometimes that might be just a word. You don't have the ability to add a lot of context or explain explain everything. So you have to go to the classification that most people are familiar with.
2: Which I think you bring up a good point that vegan is a word that's commonly accepted. Use the word in the way that makes sense for you, right? Plant-based is a word that requires more explanation. Use the word in a way that makes sense for you. Like, and and as a plant baseder. area, you're, you're kind of using the tools, right? I had this conversation with my husband, actually, we're talking about weird. And for me, weird has an upside and a bad, I think I'm weird in terms of, you know, some things about me, I think I'm weird. And I I own that, I claim it. Like, but for him, his mindset was very much so like, weird is a pejorative thing. It's something you want to not be a part of. And I'm like, no, it's both. If you look up the definition of weird, Literally, it is defined as this exceptional, unusual thing and something, I forget the full definition, but something that's a little bit more judgmental and undesirable, if you will. And so the argument I I make is that how you use the word depends on the context and how you mean to use it. So know what you're saying when you use it and know that it's a double-edged sword, so to speak, that it can be used in an offensive or defensive context, so to speak. Um, be conscious about it and and know that other people may have their minds shifted in a way that for them it's only a bad word when they may not even have the context that it could be something else. And I feel like that's kind of how people are sometimes. Not every not everyone, of course, is a broad generalization, but like some people only think of vegan as one way or only think of plant-based as one way. And we, the responsibility is on us to either educate them or use the words that we know are going to meet the objective we're trying to create when we're dining at a place. And we just need to cancel all the dialogue and get to the thing we want to do, which is spend time with our peeps and eat some good food.
3: April and I talk about this all the time, how sometimes we're very limited by language because, you know, you have to find the word that fits, even though maybe it's not what you're really trying to say, but you got to just pick one of those
1: because it's all you got. <laughs> you got to just use the word. <laughs> we had a, like a 45 minute argument yeah. about this just <laughs> last week, the three of us, Lisa, April and I, because I disagree. I think that I think that context is king and that it's the beauty of language to be able to pull people into an understanding of the context. I'll give you an example I was just thinking of when you were talking, Lisa. So if if I went to the doctor and I got my test results and it said that my blood work showed that I was average on all of these factors, I'd be pretty okay with that. I don't want to be on either extreme, too low or too high. I think average is is really good when you're looking at a blood test. If somebody said that they measured my IQ and it came up average, I'd have a problem with that. So I think it just depends on who you are. And hey, I don't mind saying it. You know, judge me how you will, but judgment free zone. So I think that. Say it again. Judgment free zone. Okay, great. So I think it's. I think. I think it is all about the context and and who's saying it, and maybe even the tone with which they're delivering the information.
3: But that's the thing. What if there was a word in between? You know, (laughs) like average. There's a word that meant. Better than average or less than average, but not at the bottom and not at the top. But we don't have a word for that. So average is what you got in both scenarios, good or bad, you know, perfectly adequate
0: language. Huh? Choose a different language. Oh, choose a different language. You mean that English? Not English. (laughs) English (laughs) English is just the basic of the basic of the basic languages. Like there's there's (laughs) there's other languages that have a million words to describe the word average based on context. Yes,
1: that's true. English is limiting. I mean, I think there are other ways to say it, but for most people, we use kind of the most basic of the basic words. So that therein, I think, lies the, like the challenge.
2: Now, see, Jen, I think you're making our point that language can be constrictive. And I used to think of, until recently, I used to think <laughs> language was the thing that freed you. But in fact, it provides you context, which in of itself limits you, puts you in a kind of box. Now, if you are, if you have a, great dexterity in the context of this box, you're not going to feel constricted. But if you don't have dexterity in this box in the argument we were really having, sorry, we've gone off the topic <laughs> here, but the argument we were really having- Semantics. It, I triggered non-verbal, her. nonverbal language and how much more, how how nonverbal communication is so much more textural, if you will, and and it doesn't lie. When you try to constrain that into- Verbal language, and then adding on the context of a specific language, you're putting a box within the box, and it can be constraining for some people who are challenged to discuss to be verbal, but they very much so highly communicative non-verbally. So just to back all that in, it's very important the language we use, and uh, yes, you got to use the word. A word is a tool. Looking for a key.
1: I can't. I can't get into that right <laughs> now. Because she's not
0: feeling it. No, no.
1: Like I said, we had a 45 minute conversation about this. It's not going to we're not going to be able to solve it in three minutes. But I I appreciate you expounding upon the point so that those who were not part of that conversation (laughs) can feel like they are now caught up.
0: Thank you.
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So tell Jenbo do you still need
1: do you still well, feel I, like what you I need told to explain? him Is that like. he should go back to episode three, which is actually one of my favorites, which is the origin story. Because I wanted him to understand the name. And and I think there are plenty of points along the way that we have talked about why this name made sense for us and yet why we don't define ourselves as vegan and why we believe that that's okay. And even though there are times when I go vacillate back and forth about whether or not it is okay to be plant-based or to be associated with this team and yet still consume animal products um, from time to time, you know, that's that's my own struggle. Um, I also think that a lot of that has to do with my appearance, which is I think the non-verbal portion of the communication, right? So I think that, or, or maybe this is just me and, and, and I know that this is probably gonna lead into a conversation for another episode, but is the question is someone questioning whether or not I'm vegan because I don't look like the picture of a vegan in terms of my, my size and my weight, or is it more because of something they've seen me consume? Or is it because they don't think that that's the healthiest way to live? And I don't know what any of those things are, but I know that my own perceptions feed into maybe my reticence to even have the conversation.
3: But this is why human communication is like so complex because there's a lot of things that people don't say and a lot of things that they do say. And whether we want to admit it or not, we all have our own ideas of whatever we think anything looks like. Well, what we think vegan looks like, what we think healthy looks like, what we think Americans look like, what we think, you know, Europeans look like. We all have these. And that's why I think communication is the big part, not just looking at somebody, putting a label on them, or wanting them maybe to define who they are with one word, but being able to like have the full picture. Because it might not be, you might not get what you're expecting, (laughs) but if you take the time and have the communication and have the dialogue, then you could get more clarity and it could shatter how you perceive somebody else, right? It's just like, all you need is one person that doesn't fit what you think goes in that box. And now you start looking at the whole box differently. And that's really why we created the Jealous Vegan in the first place, right? Is to have that dialogue and to shatter what people think being vegan or eating healthy or being plant-based looks like, because none of us really fit the mold of what you would expect a vegan to look like. And I think that's, that's the beautiful part about it. And that's what we want to give out into the world is like, you can be different and people should uh, step out of the the boxes of what they think something looks like.
0: And that's the reason why I love the name, the jealous vegan. It just, it it shatters everything. It shatters everything. I think that the name is perfect and for and it I'm glad that people don't understand immediately because it forces conversation. And I like to be I like I like to be a little contrary too. I know April feels that way too. You know, like yeah, like yeah, let's that's let's, let's shatter some some boxes, let's break some ceilings. You want to know why? You want to know why we call ourselves a jealous vegan? Come on in. (laughs) Not not to take
1: this conversation in yet another direction that we don't have time to discuss fully, but when when Lisa was going through her list of what certain things look like, I was reminded of a conversation I've had many times over the years and a lot recently. Can we talk about what black sounds like? Because in the same way that April says that her face is her mask, I would say that my voice is my mask because I have people of color and not of color think that I am white and I'm always stuck on not why, because I I am aware of the, you know, real or perceived bias that exists in, in American society. But I also am just thinking it's 2020. Like, why isn't Oprah what black sounds like? Why isn't Kamala Harris what black sounds like? Why isn't Mayor Bowser what black sounds like? So I I don't understand, and yet I find myself constantly confronted with this um, where people are surprised when they meet me in person after they've been talking to me on the phone. The, The biases that we hold extend beyond, of course, appearance, but in all areas of our life, I think we should stop a moment and just look and see Why do I feel this way? And don't I have reason to believe that it's not the way that I thought it was?
3: I will say that's one of the things that I I always hate about. Like, I listen to people on the radio. I remember when I was a kid. I mean, that's all all you have is the radio. But I would like listen to all these people on the radio and I would always be so mad when I finally saw what they look like because I'm like, (laughs) no. No. It never matched. Just no. It never matched. Mm -mm. Yeah. This is not, Mm -hmm. this is totally off. (laughs) Like you threw me off. I can't even listen to you anymore. Now that I know what you look like. I had a whole different, you know, and it's funny because where does that come from and why do I, for just from your voice and the way you articulate yourself, why do I have a sense of I mean, not just the color of your skin, how tall you are, how big or small you are, like what your face looks like. Why do I have that? Like, where do those connections come from? And, yeah, we all have them in across the board in every category.
2: I'm I'm feeling really, like, really triggered as a coach and and, and as a subversive uh, that I just part of me is like, I get it. We all carry around this bias. We're all biased. Right about something, and even if whether we want to admit it or not, we all have it. And there's a piece for me, Jen, as you were talking, it was just like, <laughs> "Get out of their brain, cause it doesn't matter." And uh, and and I say that real from a defensive place, defensive for you, not judgment of you. No, this is really not your problem to solve with someone else's biases. And and I don't think you're trying to solve it. You're trying to understand it, right? But but. But bias is that rather, in my mind, it is that rather um, illogical framework that forms naturally, air quote, as a result of our upbringing and our experiences. We're not always even aware of the bias we carry. In fact, we're often not aware of the bias we carry. And and I have a great deal of compassion when people have some framework for which they put me. And I'm just like, oh, you're totally wrong, babe. <laughs> I have uh, compassion for you because that's how your brain works. And OK, cool. I'm about to shatter everything you think about a black woman, what she does, what she doesn't do, who she, you know, how she talks, all that stuff. And especially so we're talking about how you talk like your diction is pretty excellent. That's the first thing I asked you, like, where'd you get that really excellent diction, Jennifer Hundley? But I just for me, I I, I feel defensive. Like, no, it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter the bias they carry. You're going to represent who you are and you're going to shatter that bias or they're going to step off your block and you're going to keep moving and they're going to keep moving. And everybody's going to actually be pretty happy in their own boxes. I just maybe it's a big sister in me or something. It doesn't bother
1: uh, me. I'm just I am curious. Yeah, just curious. Yeah. But at this point, we haven't culturally shifted our mindset of what it's what black sounds like. So. It's a whole other thing, but, yeah, but um, I didn't mean to take this conversation totally off the rails.
3: But it's not just that we oh, haven't... Maybe I did, sh- Lawrence. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that you know, <laughs> Totally went a whole different direction.
3: But I was going to say, say it's get? not just that. It's all of the things that we haven't shifted our mind on. There's so many things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Which comes back to there food and Bring vegan and plant-based <laughs> right. and how people perceive it, right? <laughs> Lawrence... Like bring it back. Bring right? it back, today. <laughs> so, so it sounds like
0: you've concluded that,
1: that that you don't have to meet some metric in order to consider yourself plant-based. And especially if you find yourself on the road um to starting this journey, making the transition. For every meal where plants dominate your plate, you're doing yourself a favor. And that's really all that matters.
2: Thank you for listening if you like what you heard today please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app and in the meantime don't let perfection be the enemy of progress